0: Ken, your RV navigator.
1: And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you today from a rather unique spot.
0: Indeed, as we mentioned last month.
1: We're on the balcony of a cruise ship in the middle of the Mediterranean.
0: And if you go cruising, a balcony is a must these days. So we're
1: sitting here in the sunshine. We hope you can hear the sound of the waves behind us. And we are going to talk to you about our adventures of the past month as well as the usual RV tidbits.
0: Oh, we have some great tidbits.
1: And we'll give you some shopping advice for RVers on your Christmas list.
0: But we're halfway between Cairo and Rome on the Mediterranean here in uh, mid-November.
1: Weather has been fabulous, certainly much better than uh, at home in the Chicago area.
0: This uh, podcast may be somewhat uh, (laughs) different than usual because uh, we don't have any way to print out anything, and I usually make a a series of notes that allows us to remember what to talk about. But today, we're having to more or less do it from memory, even though I have uh, quite a few things to chat with. I don't know whether the website will get updated very soon
1: and you can't do that very easily on a cruise ship unless (laughs) you have mighty deep pockets mighty
0: deep pockets because we're talking at least 40 cents a minute and the speeds are fairly slow so we have not been able to update our regular listening of podcasts and updating our rv navigator podcast in terms of uploading it to our website or to our rv navigator uh server may be a bit of a problem from here in Europe.
1: So when time allows, we uh, try to seek out internet cafes. But the cruise keeps us pretty busy with sightseeing. We did have an adventure in an internet cafe oh, yes. in Port Said, <laughs> in Egypt, um, with a keyboard that you could not read. Yeah, with an Arabic keyboard and one of the filthiest places we've ever been, with flies buzzing and thick cigarette smoke swirling around our heads. But
0: uh, it was cheap. No, it was twenty. It was thirty-five pounds, which is about seven dollars.
1: Both of us were on the web for about an hour and a half at reasonably good speeds, and we got a lot done. So who knows what the future will hold and how we will get this mounted on the Internet so that you can listen to our latest words of wisdom.
0: But we uh, spent a couple of weeks in northern Europe where the weather was quite treacherous. And, of course, we rented a car, I think as we mentioned, um, before our trip between Munich, Germany, and Vienna, Austria, which is about, well, at the speeds they go at, about five-hour drive. And <laughs> at the speeds they drive at, uh, you often hear about the Autobahn. We were in our little rent-a-car, which was, of course, a manual shift, fairly small car, which small cars are the, are the norm, but certainly much smaller than what we have at home. The three lanes of traffic, they have the... The slow truck lane, which is going 100 kilometers an hour or about 66 miles an hour. And then they have the middle lane, which is what I was in, which was going the speed limit, which was 120 kilometers an hour. And of course, the, the difference between those two is uh, fairly small. <laughs> and then you have the left lane, which people are going the 200,
1: lightning, <laughs>
0: 200 plus. <laughs> so every kilometers so often, a truck
1: would get in our lane, and Ken would gingerly try to pull out to the far left lane to pass it, and he took our lives in his hands every time he did it. And these people
0: come up on you and they just are pissed off to the max (laughs) and even in my lane in the middle lane i'm there and every once in a while i'm just kind of tooling down the road at the speed limit at 120 which is 75 miles an hour i mean it's not like we're going slow here but uh and the guy would come up behind you really fast and flick his lights and i don't know what i was supposed to do get out of the way the german autobahns to me are a very unsafe experience and i can't imagine driving our rv oh
1: no way (laughs) i mean it was big enough and it's a good road
0: Yeah, it's a nice big road, but the difference in speed between the various vehicles is just phenomenal. And, you know, if somebody makes a mistake and pulls out while one of these guys is coming along at 200 kilometers an hour, you're talking about an accident. I mean, 200 kilometers an hour is about 130 miles an hour.
1: Wow. What would that do to your RV gas mileage?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And our buddy from Munich, who you heard on uh, an earlier podcast, who visited us uh, while we were out west, Told us that uh, it, regularly people are going 300, which is almost 200 miles an hour, 300 kilometers an hour, and so that was quite a, an enlivening experience, and. It makes the trip go very quickly because <laughs> you get jump from here to there rather rapidly.
1: And Europe's kind of small for U.S. But standards. We anyway. are we are
0: very glad to report that our Garmin GPS, uh, the the trusty,
1: um, the trusty
0: Artie, um, with his maps built in for Europe, uh, actually day. took us through this the teeny tiny streets of Vienna without really making mistakes. As a matter of fact, I think he was better than the locals we were driving with.
1: And he, you know, in Vienna, in the downtown area, it's the rare street that's more than two blocks long, and none of them are uh, at 90 degrees from one another. No. Everything's at an angle. And and to cope with that, the Viennese have made many of them one way, and that gives them yes. a place to park in what could have been the other lane. And the GPS knew exactly all the one-way streets, exactly where to turn. Yes, yes. Um, The only thing that was different for me as the navigator is I had to look two turns ahead because I always had to yes. tell Ken which lane to be in to prepare for the next turn, which was two blocks from where he had just finished turning. So it was challenging, but the GPS was a lifesaver. So if you're thinking about driving in Europe, yes. do bring one along. Well, and on. I
0: think we found this, you know, in Mexico, in in New Zealand. In, well, we didn't drive in Australia, but... In Ireland. In Ireland. Yeah. We certainly found the GPS to be just the best tool to bring along. And I think these days they're, they're literally uh, a dime a dozen so that you can get a very nice one for a very limited amount of money. As a matter of fact, one of our listeners uh, sent us a very nice email, Dave... And Dave uh, mentioned the fact that uh, Magellan has a new RoadMate 1700 that has a 7-inch screen, and I think that's one of the things that we would uh, really appreciate. Um, in the RV, as I mentioned, the, the GPS that we have has a, I don't know, 3-inch screen or something, and I, as the driver, cannot use it because it's just too small for me to see. And the 7-inch screen seems like it would make much more sense. And as a matter of fact... He says that he likes the Magellan software better than the Garmin. So uh, it looks like uh, they're thinking about uh, bigger vehicles when they make the 7-inch screen. And uh, you could take a look at the Magellan software. Also, we got an email from uh, another listener by the name of Fred. And Fred sent us a couple emails before, but um, he has purchased a... How page and that's H A U P P A U G E Win T V H U R nine fifty Q tuner for his laptop, and now he uses his laptop to get high definition TV in his uh, on the laptop. So that's a nice way. And of course, we have our computer hooked up to our TV, so we could use it to tune in HD content for the TV.
1: Then he wouldn't need a satellite dish.
0: No, no, he's doing over the air, uh-huh, uh-huh. but he wouldn't have to do anything special in terms of his RV to to hook up to get high it, definition. for And that TV. could be good
1: for under the trees when you can't use your satellite.
0: Yes, device. and uh-huh. this would be a great Christmas present. Good idea. As I said, I don't know whether I'm going to get all this stuff put on the website, but um, if you have a Windows laptop, you might consider this as an alternative. And, and it also gives you DVR capabilities, too. And, of course, that's something we use uh, a
1: lot. And we will be at home mid-December, so mm-hmm. maybe you can finish updating the website <laughs> after we get home the week before we do the oh, next I'm going to try, but, <laughs> but
0: the problem is I can't verify all the websites uh, because I don't have the, the time to do that. So, anyway, dear listeners, please uh, give us a little bit of a... Excuse, or let us excuse ourselves just a little bit, so that we can uh, get this podcast out to you. Because we are anxious to get it out, we we transition ships here in the in the next couple days. So the end of uh, well, it was Thanksgiving. It didn't feel like Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving at sea. We have had terrific weather. You know, it's been seventy and sunny every day.
1: We were in Alexandria, Egypt, on what they described as Christmas, but really is the holiday of Eid. I think it's pronounced E I D. And um, it felt like Christmas. Everybody yes. was out in the streets and, and their wearing finest, their finest yeah. goods. And um, families were visiting, sightseeing right along with us. Uh, it was nice to see that even in this Arab country that Americans seemed to be appreciated. Yes. All the kids wanted to speak English with us. And people waved and blew kisses. <laughs> uh, when we were in the bus, I felt like a coming. celebrity as we were going down the road. So um, certainly tourism in Egypt has had some uh, bad stories in the press every so often. But we certainly felt felt welcome in the two cities that we stopped in
0: yes but everybody on this ship is american so we don't not coming in contact with too many no but whereas when we were in australia and we were doing the podcast we had talked to many aussies but it's interesting that here we are in europe on a princess cruise and it's they use dollars and everybody is an american speaking english speaking the yeah. <laughs> english is the language right so that makes it a, an interesting experience Nevertheless,
1: as we prepared for this uh, six-week trip away from home, I was apprehensive about having enough stuff to read. Yes. I I love to read. I read a lot of magazines and books, and it was problematic where I was going to buy more books to read, and with the nasty airlines these days, I can't bring my usual 25-pound supply. Yes. And so I finally gave in to the pressure that Ken has been putting on me to buy a Kindle. Um, The Kindle is an e-book reader from Amazon, and I downloaded some (laughs) books at home, including a travel book for Rome because we spent a few days on our own in Rome. And the Kindle is so small and light that I could just keep it in my purse, and we did a tour in Rome by ourselves and just stopped at the sites and and read what was... um, important about them and learned about them as we went without a tour guide. So I find the Kindle a very easy to use and flexible uh, reader. She actually I would, likes the I would certainly recommend it if you're doing a lot of traveling to keep your travel books on because then you don't have to worry about um, tearing out the pages as some yeah, people do yeah. or Xeroxing it. And it's just all right there. This, this tiny little device can hold up to a thousand books, I'm told. And uh, the new one, which I purchased in um, the beginning of November, also has the capacity to download books um, overseas without much additional cost. a dollar ninety nine I think it cost me extra.
0: And the books are substantially less expensive than the printed versions.
1: so this really relieved my mind in terms of running out of things to read. I know that now, anywhere I am in the world with my Kindle, I can get good stuff. which is to very read. cool
0: because even here on the ship, they have cell service which is offered who knows by what and how expensive it is. But our iPods, our iPhones rather, do connect to the, to the uh, cell phone connection. Uh, we're kind of uh, reluctant to use it because it would be very expensive. But because the Kindle uses its own cell connection, which is paid for by Amazon up front as part of the cost of the book, you can download here and it doesn't cost you anything extra other than she mentioned the ninety-eight. But the books are so inexpensive to me that it's, uh, it's worth it to, to buy them.
1: And the Kindle remembers where you stopped reading. Um, and for people my age who have... Um unreliable eyesight. It <laughs> no, has, a, you really it has like. the capacity to change type size, so during the day I can read it small, and during low light I can make the type big, and I can read without getting out my glasses. And it will also
0: read to you, which is yeah, I haven't a done that s- feature that you haven't used, yeah. but it seems like a good idea.
1: And it has places where you can um, make footnotes or underline or bookmark things. I haven't made much use of that either, but certainly for a student, rather than lugging around a knapsack full of books, that could be a good device for them too yes and one thing i tested before i left home i had a wish list of books i wanted to read and nearly all of them were available for the kindle so i didn't feel cramped in any way by and we've seen selections. two other kindles
0: here on the ship mm-hmm. so this is a gaining in popularity and this is a kind of our december christmas show so we could put this the kindle on the list of presents that our viewers might like to Give it a try to. Well, uh, something that you're not going to want to put on your Christmas list are tires for your RV. And I, This has been an ongoing saga. <laughs> but we finally got the tires for our RV. Remember, they couldn't be, they weren't being manufactured, so I had to wait a while. And, you know, you can't just go down to your local tire store and get 22-inch, uh, 22 22-and-a-half-inch 22 tires because they just don't know what to do with them. And as I found out, you can't just go any old place, even a truck place, and have the tires uh, mounted and, and put on your RV. So I ordered the tires, um, and the good thing is is that uh, they were indeed brand new. And you need to check the the time or when your tires were manufactured. And you do that by looking at the DOT code, and it's in the week and the year is printed on the sidewall of the tires, of all tires, whether they're uh, passenger car tires or RV tires. My old ones were 13 of 03. So that means they were manufactured in the 13th week of 2003. Obviously, that's fairly old. Um, RV tires shouldn't be more than 6 or 7 years old, or you're going to risk a chance of getting them blown out, especially if you are leaving it outside as we are. So, uh, although the tread on our tires was fine, um, I decided to buy new tires, and the new ones came in, and they were 34 of 09. So they have been just manufactured. smoking. Smokin'. And they were still hard to get. When I went there, the dealer said, well, I've had three or four people call me and wanted to buy your tires. I'm glad you stopped in to get them. <laughs> so I was a little, because I only waited a couple of days after call for to go in and actually get them to spend my (laughs) (laughs) $3,200. Merry
1: Christmas to you.
0: Merry Christmas to me. But uh, the experience was quite interesting. I'd never really seen how they do truck tires, and this uh, facility was a large one and and quite busy, and like with the Speedco, it was, uh, you line up. And wait your turn to get your tires put on. I went inside and, you know, checked to see if they had them and everything. And the guy says, well, you just drive around the back and wait in line. And there were two trucks ahead of me that were getting uh, tires. And they were 18-wheeler type things. And they were just getting a set of four or eight. So it didn't take them that long to do. So uh, I waited in line. The tires are just something on the RV you could never, ever handle yourself, I don't think, because they took off the lug nuts, which is something, of course, I would have a hard time doing. They had these big machines, and they had to, uh, you know, re- air hammers, and they had to actually do quite a lot of heavy cranking in order to get the, the lug nuts off because they've been on there since it had been manufactured. And even when they got the lug nuts off, it's not like the wheels just fell off. But they were very impressed by the fact that I could <laughs> jack, the, jack the thing up uh, leveling jacks, and they, and they didn't have to, uh, to use their jacks to, to jack it up. I, I felt that was probably better than having them jack it up, because if they had jacked it up, then uh, they might put it in the wrong spot. So anyway, I lifted the tires off the ground with the jacks, and that made them happy because they didn't have to get down there and jack around with it. So they they put the, uh, the RV, uh, I put them up on the jacks, and they... Even though they had taken off the lug nuts, they had to do quite a lot of work to get the wheels off. And, of course, the wheels are heavy, 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 and those tires are heavy. So it took them quite a while just to get the wheels off. And I, I, you know, on the side of the road, I just can't imagine how this would happen. And having a spare tire would do you almost no good because you couldn't do it yourself anyway. So they took off the, ba- the back four tires and, and replaced them, and then I jacked up the front end. I've had a kind of a, a dilemma about how to balance the tires and what the best strategy was. And the guy says, well, we never balance the drive tires, only the steering tires. So that means I only need to balance two. And that makes quite a lot of sense to me. You know, if, if a 200-pound tire is two or three ounces out of a round, you know, that's not going to really cause much problem. So the back tires, you know, with dually's on there. I didn't care too much about that. But so the front ones, they took off. And once again, it was the same sort of procedure. They balanced them. And because I, I did want them balanced, and they have a couple of different ways of balancing. You could put beads or something inside, and then, then they have other things you could put inside. But I wanted just the standard weight balances. And they asked me what kind of weights I wanted. <laughs> of course, the only ones I seen were the, the ones that you have on cars, where you put it on the rim and knock them in. And uh, these days they're not allowed to use lead. But but he said uh, they told me that the, the the latest way to balance them is with these stick-on weights. And so they stuck them on. Yeah, they, and they put two sets of weights on, uh, one on the inside and one on the outside of the on the rim. And but not on the outside of the rim, like they do on car tires. Does that make sense to you?
1: I don't really have <laughs> know
0: enough to have an opinion. So I don't know if my other tires were balanced or not. But once we got the, once we got the tires uh, put back on. Um, I drove about ten or twelve miles and they seemed to be okay. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> we'll put them to the test we'll in January. We'll put them to the test in January
0: exactly. Uh, and they were quite interested in the in the tire pressure sensors that I had too, because uh, and I had them change the the configuration of the uh, stems so that I could get those things on and off a little bit easier too. I don't know why, but they they point the stems in towards the axle, on the on the rear ones, and it's very hard to get these. Uh,
1: you have to do a really deep limbo to get at those.
0: Indeed. So now I don't have to do that. But fortunately, I don't have to do it very much. So, Because with the sensors, I know exactly how much pressure is inside there. Okay, so that's tires. Uh, if you're thinking about buying tires, plan ahead because it may take you longer than you knew, than you knew.
1: One thing that I've really been enjoying on this cruise is um, anytime dining, which is a kind of a deviation Uh from traditional cruising where you have a set dinner time and a set dinner table and a set group of dinner companions, which when you're traveling with a group of friends or family is very nice, but it's just the two of us here, and sometimes you can get stuck with people you don't like, or sometimes you come back from a tour late and you want to eat late, or sometimes you went on a very early tour and you're ready for dinner at 6, and... Anytime dining gives you the flexibility of time and uh, flexibility of table mates. And so we've been sitting at tables uh, that had three or four couples at them every day for dinner. And this gave us a chance to meet a lot of different interesting people, exchange a lot of travel experiences. And we even ran into one couple who were RVers as well as cruisers. Uh, And they had made an interesting switch. And they had been owning a a 36-foot Class A motorhome, very similar to ours. And they decided that it it, it took a lot of gas and it was tough to drive and they wanted to kind of downsize. So they have now purchased a Class B Plus model, which they were very enthusiastic about. Yeah, it
0: was a Navistar, I think.
1: And uh, they said it had well, a full a full wall slide, and uh, the only difference from their perspective was that the living room was chopped off of their Class A, and no, now no. they slept in the bedroom was chopped off, and now they slept in the living area, which was now a dual purpose area. I was I still can't envision how no. she said that they don't have to remake the bed every day, which would be a well. Pain it just flips under
0: the sofa, I guess, with the, the on it and stuff. But this Class B plus is a new category that uh, maybe some of you would consider and we would uh, be glad to hear some of your thoughts about this and you can leave us a voicemail or send us an email but i have no idea what the contact information is RV
1: navigator.
0: <laughs> it's navigator at rvnavigator.com but once again of course i've forgotten the phone number but because uh, i never call it but you do, so please uh, look on the website and, and uh, leave us a message. But these are called Class B Pluses. And you know, the Class B have been the van conversions, usually high top van conversions. And whew, they're small. But with a slide, and I said, I asked him, I said, you know, I don't want a wet bathroom. And she says, oh, no, no. It has the same size bathroom as our Class A. And. They were very enthusiastic about it. They were tired of t- towing a toad, but I consider that to be a plus. And Once you get there. And yeah, who wants to put away all of your stuff every day so that you can And go drive to the around? grocery
1: store in your RV. Well, to each his own, but they, d- they had certainly done what we are doing and had grown out of it, and maybe we will too.
0: And maybe they just got tired of driving it. Um, if you'd like to take a look at a, a sample of this, you can go to phoenixusarv.com. P h o e n i x u s a r v dot com, and that that's a company that makes uh, several of these types of uh, motorhomes, and you know they were telling me they get uh, eighteen miles to the gallon, which is ten more than we get, and they have a Mercedes diesel, um, so you know, it, it's comfortable. Um, and, and fuel-efficient to drive. Of course, you have to drive it around all the time. Yeah. And that's yeah, one of the, the negative things about it. All right.
1: Then maybe while we're talking about um, a different RV choice, we should talk about our um, humorous RV site <laughs> of, of the month. Um, this is a two-story camper. Um, and can we we'll put the video link on the uh, website. He and hopes. You, and you will see uh, three young Japanese men um, in, in a camping <laughs> Well, it, that looks has,
0: like, it looks like kind of like a panel van. It,
1: it's like a slide-out, but go, it goes, goes all out. the way up and, and the, makes a second story to their camper. And the bedroom
0: is upstairs.
1: And very traditional Japanese-looking.
0: It's a 2 tatami bedroom.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, you you see little scenes in the video of them doing typical Japanese things, eating with chopsticks. It has no, and it has in their no knives, tub.
0: forks, and spoons. Right. It only has chopsticks. Right.
1: <laughs> It's a hoot. So hope you enjoy it.
0: Not available. Not probably available in the United States, but uh,
1: maybe they made it.
0: Maybe they made it. I don't know. But it had, you know, it was electric, and it was so that they had a, a place to work on it.
1: Well, they Ken, Christmas is coming, it and is. we promised to talk about it's good things to buy for our
0: viewers. Oh, time
1: we're to go shopping
0: leftover Thanksgiving today. <laughs> as a matter of
1: fact, time to go shopping.
0: Time to go shopping. How about a magic jack? What is it? Uh... I've used the term VoIP, V O I P, Voice over Internet Protocol, uh, before, and that's where you can connect up to the internet and use that as your phone. But if you've seen this device, which has been advertised fairly heavily, called the Magic Jack, you might consider it as um, a little bit more user-friendly option for getting phone service while you are on the road, especially if you have a Wi-Fi connection. Uh, although it does connect into your into your RV, although it does connect into your laptop. It has a phone jack on it so that you can plug any phone unit into it Look and from use it. your house. And it has a dial tone when you pick it up.
1: Like a landline.
0: Like a landline. And, as a matter of fact, if your RV is wired for phone, you could actually plug your RV's uh, external phone connection into it and all the phones in your RV. How many phones do you have in your RV? Well,
1: how many TVs <laughs> do you review? have in your well, RV? Well, I think
0: some people like the – they don't like cell phones because – The small numbers, and they're confusing, and they're fairly expensive. This device costs 20 bucks, and that includes a full year of service. So you plug it into the USB port of your laptop, you run the software, you plug the phone unit into the jack, the phone jack on it, and you can use any phone, you know, one with a big number, big numbers on it, or, you know, whatever you happen to prefer, and it's got to, you can have a corded or wireless and you can then make and receive phone calls on one number wherever you happen to be, and I think probably any place in the world, as long as you have an internet connection and as long as your computer is on. but we leave our computers on 24/7 anyway, so that's not that big of a deal. This gives you, you know, virtually free phone service. So where do I, I buy it? Magic Jack?
1: Magic Jack. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't write that on the website. Magic Jack? <laughs> <laughs> Buy it at the after Christmas sale when we get the website
0: out. <laughs> Type in Magic Jack into Google. I don't know where you brought it. <laughs> I shouldn't write that down. Come on. <laughs> this show is a little ragged. I'm sorry.
1: Postcards. Well, that's a clever idea. I already booked this website when you're on the road, sometimes you want to send postcards to people, especially people who don't have internet, like my mom. And you can uh, send a photograph of you standing in front of the pyramids to the website and write the message that you would write on the postcard, and then they mail it for you. Wow. Very nice. Not too expensive, as and I that's, recall.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's called Hazelmail. Hazelmail.com. H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-C- Z- <laughs> we don't know that. h a z e l m a i m a i think it was a dot .com. I think it was For the older people in your family, they probably appreciate real postcards you know the real is is something in the snail mail for those of us who are digitally oriented we couldn't care less about getting that but there are lots of people who prefer to get a real postcard and getting a postcard with your picture on it is kind of cool
1: and sometimes we've been in countries where you can't assume that the postcard will ever get there even when you do try to write one so So this is
0: reliable of course we brought our iphones on this trip and they've been quite useful And, and the iPhone just is becoming more and more of a of a great device for us, I think. And yesterday we were in the the Great Library of Alexandria, which is a World Heritage place. It's I
1: mean, huge. It's like visiting the Smithsonian. I've never seen such a huge library and yeah. very modern.
0: But, of course, because of the library, it had free Wi-Fi. <laughs> so here we are on, on this ship's tour. And they gave us an hour and a half in the library. To explore. <laughs> We sat down, pulled out the iPhone, and there's free Wi-Fi. So we started to, to download all sorts of podcasts. emails, check
1: email. checked our websites. <laughs> and if it had
0: been uh, anything other than 2 a or 3 a.m. in the United States, we probably would have made a few phone calls too. <laughs> but but uh, it was not the right time at home. But, you know, the iPhone uh, works very well outside the United States, and we're getting cell phone service. Um, it's 99 cents a minute.
1: Which sounds like a lot, but yeah. on the ship it's four ninety five a minute. So,
0: and of course, this is one of the things that we don't like about uh, the U.S. cell phone services: is that the phone is locked into a specific service. In our case, AT and T phones purchased iPhones purchased outside the United States. You can buy a SIM card and put in put in a local card, and it will work with uh, whatever service that you have purchased the card with so that we could get low-priced service outside the United States. Uh, if you want to do that, you can do what's called jailbreaking your your iPhone. I haven't actually done that yet, but uh, I'm getting a little bit frustrated with the fact that I can't use my cell phone.
1: It's just such a change in your life when you're so used to having one and yeah. using it whenever. Although yeah. in our case, in my mind, at 99 cents a minute, I had it for an emergency. And about
0: every few minutes, it's, it keeps telling us that your unlimited data plan from the United States does not apply to your minutes. Or overseas. Those minutes don't apply overseas. Um, you know, we're used to using it with uh, you know the GPS or finding restaurants, and it was very cool that uh, the finding restaurants near where I am feature works very well um, as long as I was on Wi-Fi. But it's very neat. It's very exciting that you can find restaurants and all sorts of other services with the iPhone. I had the subway little, maps the, on it so that when we rode the subway. Yeah, but I'm talking it. about the, the stuff that you do on demand, uh-huh. you know, while you're while you're already overseas, those things you loaded on prior to you know, prior to traveling. But if I had a data service, I could do it any place of course, but I can't afford because the data service was I believe it was $20 per megabyte. Ouch. Wow, I could afford a little bit 20 bucks a megabyte so that when I go outside the GPS works but it doesn't it doesn't have any maps so I can't use it as a GPS really. You've digressed.
1: We were talking oh, yes. about Christmas gifts.
0: Well, the iPhone would be a nice Christmas gift.
1: Oh yeah <laughs> Well it would be <laughs> For someone uh, with deep pockets.
0: Okay, the My Place cozy laptop laptop workstation.
1: We're lucky in our RV because it's big that we have a computer desk, and I have a flip-up computer desk that yeah, flips over my, my passenger seat. Um, but if you're in a smaller rig, perhaps one of those Class B pluses, uh, you might not have a good comfortable place to use your laptop. So this little gizmo is like a pillow for your lap. Uh, with a place for your laptop, and it has a light on it. So if you're um, typing from something that you're reading, it, it gives you all the advantages of sitting at a desk, but it, it's all on your lap, and only twenty dollars. Yeah, it has
0: a little, little light, right? And if you'd like to buy that, that's it's called "quote unquote" my place cozy laptop workstation, and <laughs> it's from the asseenontv.com website, asseenontv one word dot .com website. And for 20 bucks, it seemed like a nice little gadget to have. Plus, the fact that you could use it with a mouse, which a lot of people it gives like to room, use. It. Right. Now, how have you liked your, by the way, this is your first trip with your Netbook, which is the three pound little uh, laptop that she decided to bring instead of bringing our Mac portable. I have my Mac portable, but it is uh, it's substantially heavier, and its uh, battery life isn't as good, and so. She brought along the small netbook.
1: Deep sigh. (laughs) Whoops. I I would give it mixed reviews. Certainly in terms of weight and ease of transport, it gets an A+. Uh, But part of the problem I'm having with it is that it's a Windows machine, and I'm much more familiar with using a Mac. And so I've been regularly frustrated trying to accomplish the things that I can do easily and readily at home on my familiar machine. Uh, When I'm just plain old writing, the keyboard is fairly small and my fingers run into one another and I'm constantly Uh hitting keys that are making my document go away or get put somewhere or whatever, so I have to save a lot.
0: the the Mac keyboard with a 13-inch screen has a full-size keyboard.
1: And the other thing that I do a lot on vacation is that I manipulate the pictures that we take and put them on my blog website and this I knew, this is obvious, when you're on a small uh, screen you can't see your photographs very well and I suspect that many of the photographs I've taken that look just fine to me here on this little laptop (coughs) may not look quite so fine at home when I can see them a little bit uh, bigger, and I have had great problems preparing videos for upload. Really? I've kind of given up on that altogether.
0: Uh-huh. So even though we bought you QuickTime Pro, it just, it's well, just too slow? It, and this machine is, is I not a what slouch, I think, though.
1: I make what I think is a video that is of an appropriate size, and my blog site won't take it, so uh-huh. I don't know what the uh-huh. problem is.
0: Uh, I mean, this machine has a gig of RAM, has uh, a 1.8 gigahertz processor. Yeah, and for processing my pictures, it's, it's, it's not too uh, slow. It's, it's not, not a slouch. Yeah. Okay, so, and the, But the 10-inch screen, I could see, is a little bit of a problem. But we're anxiously awaiting what Apple's going to bring out in their new laptop or their new notebook so that we will have some good ones to choose from come the first of the year. Okay, where else do we want to go here? How about... Christmas gifts you haven't Christmas done them gifts. all yet. StarlightsInc.com and their motion-sensing battery battery-checking outdoor light.
1: That that seemed kind of cool when yeah, I saw I the want video to get one that of those. it. Now, if you're launch. thinking
0: about buying something for me for Christmas, that would be. Yeah. How much is it? I don't know. It didn't say. Oh.
1: How good have you been? Oh. No. <laughs> So talk about what it does.
0: Well, it's a, it replaces uh, the light over the door to your motorhome or to your RV, and you leave the switch on all the time, and it senses when you come up to the door and turns on.
1: And would sense um, a large intruder if they were lurking around your RV, but says that it doesn't turn on like if a squirrel is it's going by. It's heat sensing,
0: so that it only, it only reacts to larger large objects. larger objects. So that sounds like a nice device to have, and I can't imagine it being that expensive. And, and it has several LEDs.
1: And it also has with it a battery That's level right. detector, which right. would have saved us from the problem that caused us to replace our batteries this fall, because it would have told no. you when they were low.
0: No. Oh. No, it would not tell you when the water level is low. Oh. It tells tells you when the voltage is low. The voltage
1: is low. low. And it turns itself
0: off then. Yeah, because our voltage was fine most of the time. It's only when we wanted to use a lot of juice out of the batteries that they didn't have the capacity so that they depleted more rapidly than you would ordinarily expect. Which is why I didn't know. So check your batteries. Oh, now that it's winter. Oh, is it winter? Geez, I have a hard time thinking about that. We're sitting. I I suppose in a couple of weeks, I'm not going to have any hard time. Yeah, you won't have any questions. We land. We will be in Fort Lauderdale. We're taking the next ship across the Atlantic, and it lands in Fort Lauderdale uh, mid December, the 13th of December, and it will be a shock to us to get back to the United to home because. I expect it'll be cold there. And then we will be heading off again. But uh, how about you need an extension cord for your RV, uh, whether it's a 30-amp or 50-amp Everybody needs an extension cord every once in a while, and you don't want to use the ones you get at the hardware store because they're only 20-amp. We actually have just a 30-amp because... <laughs> they're so <laughs> the, the, expensive. Well, not expensive, but, the, well, yes, but the 50-amp is, is this gargantuan snake that you could have a hard time... I'd
1: have a hard time standing it at anyway that, huh? Exactly. It's kind of like an RV tire.
0: It would be nice if they had the built-in uh, safety check to ma- to check the polarity of the plug when you plug it in. Because right now you
1: have an extra gizmo for doing that. Yes, I do.
0: And so now you can buy one that has one built in. I wrote down that it's uh, www.furion.com. And that's a court set that has these uh, built in.
1: Save your pennies. <laughs> I was shocked how expensive they are.
0: How expensive was it?
1: Like $200 for two hundred 50 m. Oh, my God. Is, did we I actually get so much have the right? information. Let's see. The 30-amp is available in 25, 30, and 36-foot lengths for $56, 61 and $72. That's well, not that bad. The 50-amp comes in 30 and 36-foot lengths and is priced at 199 or $233, respectively. Whoa. So that's a lot of money.
0: And not only that, but you can't lift it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you you got the website right.
0: Okay. And another nice thing is these... Uh, headlight lens res- restoration re- restoration kit. kits right from Permatex and, and I've permatex. seen so many RVs com. they have plastic lenses over the over their lights and they get uh, sandblasted from the crud in the air which seems strange to me that uh, I guess maybe RVs are kept longer than other words or either that or they're terribly yellow but uh, this won't help that but if your lenses are scratched you can get this restoration kit. Yeah, that would be a fun job for Christmas, wouldn't it?
1: And that's only $17. only $17. So even if you've been bad, you can... A
0: true bargain.
1: You can get that in your stocking. Okay. Buy it from permatex.com, P-E-R-M-A-T-E-X.
0: We seem to have uh, covered quite a few interesting topics in today's episode, and we will be Mm. on the road again before january so uh, our next podcast will probably be on the road
1: oh no at home
0: no, no at home programs which is good because we're supposed to be the rv camp, navigators around near you <laughs> and we will be instead we're of ha- in the
1: middle of the sea <laughs>
0: <laughs> well somebody else is doing the driving and somebody else is doing the cooking isn't that nice?
1: and this is rving on steroids as you always say
0: steroids right and it's nice to have a balcony And here we are in the middle of November sitting outside. In your shorts. In my shorts, right. Uh, Anyway, we don't want to make people too jealous, but we do want you to continue listening. And we will be talking to you again in the not-too-distant future um, from a campground near you.
1: So have a good holiday. Yes,
0: Merry Christmas and Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Belated. And we hope that Black Friday was good to you and that Cyber Monday will be even better but probably won't. Well, this is being posted on Cyber Monday, so oh. it'll probably be over. Oh. But that doesn't mean that great web deals won't be available between now and Christmas. Did you buy anything on this trip?
1: Not much. I've been to these places before.
0: You bought something very special, though.
1: <gasps> oh, my Lazy Susan. Yes, an inlaid wood Lazy Susan that we got in Sorrento. It's lovely. It's being shipped, and will hopefully hopefully come in the, <laughs> in the nine days that we're going to be at home. <laughs> Or it's going to be sitting in customs.
0: It was shipped (laughs) right.
1: In the holiday mail. Surely this will work out. It was lovely. Well, we have a nice picture of it anyway. Yes,
0: we do. You sitting with your lazy zoos, which they sold to three other people. No?
1: No. Okay.
0: We can only hope that that's the case, and it will all show up back at our house in the not-too-distant future. Air travel. Have you had a good time traveling on the airplanes?
1: I'm really glad that we are taking a ship back to the U.S. instead of flying. (laughs) I do not enjoy flying, not because I'm afraid, but because it's just so tedious and uncomfortable. And you have to worry about how much your bag weighs. You have to worry about whether your bag gets there. This is our last trip
0: with free luggage.
1: And then when we got to Europe, we had jet lag, and we felt stupid and uh, uncomfortable for a few days. And the trip home, we will be sailing across the sea with a series. Five of 25-hour day. days. Mm, um, that'll be hard to take. And we'll see how quickly we adjust to jet lag one hour at a time. I'm happy to have the opportunity to try to do that.
0: So we hit the shores of the United States at Fort Lauderdale. All right, so that's enough for this month. Um, we are glad to put this together, and hopefully it will get uploaded. But if you're hearing this, it obviously has, but it ha- it will be a challenge. It
1: was me. a struggle. Okay,
0: yep, yep. <laughs> But we are loyal to our listeners, and we don't want to uh, disappoint you about not getting any RV Navigator podcast. So here we are sending it off to you. So Merry Christmas and Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you in the new year. Happy travels.